I'm Stephen Hunt. Welcome to the Active Performance Podcast, a podcast that gives top global managers and their teams the confidence and power of clarity to grow their international business in innovative ways. This week, leading too slow. How low self-esteem is often the reason for slow decision-making and the hugely negative effects that has. First of all, what is self-esteem? It helps to think of this as two layers, the inner layer, self-concept, and the outer layer, self-esteem. Self-concept is how you perceive yourself, how you see yourself, and how you experience yourself. The layer outside of that, on top of it, is self-esteem. That's how you feel about your self-concept. So when I feel good about myself or something I've done, my self-esteem is naturally higher. For example, on Monday I had dinner with a young executive. He asked my opinion on a global collaboration problem he's got. We talked. I gave him three new insights which he said were very good. I left the restaurant thinking my advice was useful. My experience, that is my self-concept, was that I'd said something useful. I felt happy about it, and that positive feeling right there is my self-esteem. My self-esteem was high. I should add that my self-esteem was low when he said he was going to the fitness studio straight after dinner. I was going home to sit on the sofa. But that's the two sides of self-esteem. So what we're saying is that low self-esteem is often the reason for slow decision-making. And that manifests itself in three key areas for global managers. They are waiting for change to happen, being blind to full international potential, and not knowing when to stop. So let's look at each of these areas in more detail. The first is waiting for change to happen, or rather, waiting too long for change to happen. A few years ago, I was asked to work with a global marketing director. She wanted the global marketing function to seamlessly use more digital channels. That meant a stronger use of YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and so on. Another second element that was very important was timing. So making sure that product marketing was timed to product availability in different markets around the world. That's more complex than it sounds. So huge time and effort went into planning the process changes within the global marketing function. The climax of all of this planning was a global get-together in Frankfurt of the top 80 marketing managers for two days. And you know what's coming next. It was two days of meeting, networking, and a lively kickoff event with some entertainment in the evening. The CEO even turned up for an afternoon to be with the managers. That's how important it was. The event ended, and then nothing. With the plans ready and the managers informed, the process of communicating the concept to everybody complete, the global marketing director did nothing. She was waiting for this grand change to take place. She was busy. She received regular reports, joined update meetings, but the predicted change did not happen. The wheels of change were spinning at an incredible rate, but there was no traction. Nothing substantial was happening. Furthermore, this marketing executive was at real risk of dropping into disbelief and denial. Many executives have experienced this waiting, expecting change to happen, and feeling totally dejected and sad when it doesn't. So I was asked to coach her. What came out was that she was amazed at the power and confidence that people had in her. Even in the regions of the world where she'd never worked before, 
she was somewhat confused. She didn't know where this belief in her had come from and she didn't feel half as competent as the other marketing people believed she was. And that right there is low self-esteem. Psychologists called the type that she had the imposter syndrome. It's very common amongst people who've risen to the top and are surprised themselves and don't believe that they are necessarily the best person for the job. Whether she believes it or not, she is the captain of the ship. And with change initiatives, it doesn't matter how much you've invested in the formulation stage, in the planning of that change, the real work starts in the implementation phase. That's where traction in change processes comes from setting a high tempo and using metrics for immediate success or failure or correction. The solution to her challenge was to break the project down into phases and milestones with clear 30-day metrics, daily stand-ups and weekly sprints. Those were just a few of the tools we used to get the change implemented. But she changed from being the mechanic in the engine room of the ship to being the captain steering the ship simply by using her competence in the implementation phase and not focusing so much on her false beliefs around herself, more concentrating on the work that needed to be done and the competencies that she could add to it. The second area where low self-esteem shows up is being blind early on to full potential. I get irritated by middle managers who say, mm, maybe I'm too young, before giving their opinion. I get even more irritated by older managers who say, well, you're still young, which is actually a cover, a defence tactic to avoid listening to their younger colleagues. But what is age? The last time I looked, Bill Gates didn't wait until he was 55 to make his first billion, nor did Jeff Bezos, nor did Mark Zuckerberg. Competence may generally be positively correlated to age, but strong executives have real competence and potential from the start. The problem is what psychologists call social biographical blockages. Put simply, we get conditioned into certain patterns of thinking and behaving. We are blind to most of those patterns, and it's only when they become a problem that we start to see them. One way talented people's self-esteem takes a hit is by listening too much to those that they believe are their social superiors. They slow down their decision-making and take fewer calculated risks simply because somebody is older than them and has told them they are older and they have more experience. They start passing decisions through the older person when they don't need to go through the older person. None of this is about avoiding authority. This is about making decisions quickly and putting the competence where it is, which can often be in the younger manager. I should also add that it can be in older managers. This is rather like an advert for medicines where they give you the warning at the end. But we move on. It's vital to raise your self-awareness of self-limiting behaviours. Self-limiting behaviours are patterns of behaviour that block you from reaching a high level of performance. These put a limit on what you believe you can achieve, and only by being aware of such behaviours can we learn to avoid them. That's why honest, open feedback from a mentor or guidance from an executive coach speeds up your own development and strengthens your self-esteem. The third area where low self-esteem shows up is not knowing when to stop or exit a particular situation. Imagine you're in charge of a region. Let's say you're the global VP for a particular function. Like most successful global managers, you've worked hard to get there. And by hard, I mean years of spending time developing your career. You've worked in half a dozen countries. You feel very international. You're confident, but you're not arrogant. 
This is the classic case of somebody who only knows success. Their self-esteem is high, and rightly so. What could go wrong? Business life can start to be addictive. The success is addictive. There's always a new global market to enter, a product to launch, a strategic project to lead. The temptation to keep going is strong for most executives. They start to believe that the company needs their unique talents. That's good, but there's also a shadow side to that self-concept, and it's fear. The fear of stopping and facing the void can be equally strong. Having invested so much time in your career, it's unclear how your status and sense of self would show up without your career. And that's what pushes executives to stay in their position too long. The essence of the problem is the corporate echo chamber. The managers around you are your friends. Your recipe for success is well established and you appear to have the Midas touch. Everything you get involved with turns into a success. When that happens, people naturally start to challenge your ideas less. That slows down mid-course corrections and flexible decision-making because more and more decisions are going to you for approval first. It's rather like a football team with one star player. Everybody passes the ball to the star player in the hope that they will make the game-changing move, that they will score the goal. And because the star player occupies a critical role within the team, the team gradually stops challenging, which reveals a more fundamental mistake. It's very difficult as the top person, the, the executive, the star player, to have a self-concept which matches reality. Because good results that happen by chance or by luck start to appear to you as something else. The degree of luck is downplayed. The influence of your personal skills are overplayed. Your self-esteem becomes unrealistically high. Let's be clear, positive high self-esteem is great. What we're talking about here is overinflated self-esteem. That's a balloon that sooner or later is going to burst. The best way to maintain healthy, high, strong self-esteem is to challenge your own power. Get a person who will speak the truth to your power, regardless of the consequences or take on a role outside of your organization where you have very little formal power. One option is to volunteer for a local charity or club, but not to be the chairperson or the board member there. Then you'll really see how much you can achieve without formal positional power. I tell you, it can be a real eye-opener and a wonderful way to balance off your daily power. It can also lead to even higher self-esteem as you get an even stronger sense of your self-concept. There can be no question that high self-esteem and fast decision-making are connected. I invite you to look at three examples, waiting for change to happen, being blind to full international potential, and not knowing when to stop. The antidote to all of these challenges is to fundamentally get different perspectives about yourself. And I encourage you to get out there and get opinions from other people about you and your management style. That can strengthen your self-confidence. That leads to healthy, high self-esteem and high-quality, efficient decision-making. And in complex international businesses, who doesn't want that? I'm Stephen Hunt. Thank you for listening. Join me next time for more on how top global managers use confidence and the power of clarity to grow their business.